Hello and welcome to the Sunnydale Study Group, the podcast for returning Scoobies and Buffy newbies. I'm Omar. I'm Chris. And today we are discussing episode 8 of season 4, Pangs. That we are. Yeah, so get out your knives, your forks. This is the Thanksgiving special. So uh, let's just dive right in. Let's just do it. Let's head into the library. Boom. I didn't want to have oh, too, nice. too long of an intro because I was excited to just get back into the UC Sunnydale Library. It's been a little while since we've been specifically in the UC Sunnydale Library. No, it has been a while. And man, it is good to be in this air conditioning because it is hot outside. Yes, yes. Because we're having Thanksgiving in July. I think that any, we discussed this uh, during our Christmas special discussion uh, for amends, right? Yeah, amends. Yeah, we weren't, it didn't come out around the holiday season. No. So we had to have Christmas in July. Exactly. Because it's the Christmas episode. And this is the Thanksgiving episode. Was that a year ago? Did we record that a year ago? Uh, You know what? I remember it being hot, but I don't remember, because we also discussed hot Christmas. Oh, okay. Remember yep. that? Because we're like, in Southern California, it's hot Christmas. Yeah. I'm dreaming so. of a hot Christmas where the snow... I don't have something. <laughs> I don't have something. I have seen this particular episode, Pangs, quite a few times, I've realized. Yeah. I think it's because, you know, we as movie children mm-hmm. enjoy celebrating holidays with themed media. media. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. And so whenever Buffy rolls around, if there is a... Buffy themed thing for a holiday, I throw it on. So I've yeah. actually seen this one quite a bit, though uh, this time I was like, oh my you God. You have some thoughts? You have some yeah. thoughts? Great. Well, let's, before we hop into the analysis, let's get to the content. Mm. Uh, let's say you fell down a hole. Let's say you caught a disease. Let's say you were too tied up to be able to watch the episode. That's perfectly fine because we are going to give you a very fast. Very easy and a little problematic. (laughs) Breakdown in our cram session, where Chris is going to summarize the entire episode in five super easy Thanksgiving sentences. So, Chris, take it away. Xander gets a new job as a construction worker. And in the first day on the job where he's doing some sweaty digging, he hits a piece of wood of some sort and falls into a underground missionary where he disrupts the spirit of a Native American soul named Huz or Huz I believe it was and he's part of the Shumash tribe and his spirit comes back to life seeking vengeance on those who killed his people. One. The Shumash spirit is going around killing all figures that have some kind of power, ending with the strongest warrior, which would happen to be Buffy. And all of that might be simple, except Buffy is trying to throw a Thanksgiving Day party while all the while Willow is reminding Buffy that Thanksgiving is not about mashed potatoes and turkey, but rather about slaughter of indigenous peoples and that she doesn't think that celebrating it in such a cavalier way is the right thing to do. Two. Meanwhile, Angel is just lurking in the shadows, watching Buffy's every move, but insisting to the gang that they not tell her that Angel is there because Angel had a ominous vision from Doyle that Buffy was in danger, as she often is, but in this case, it was so apparently intense that Angel needed to come in and help her out, which he does, while simultaneously remaining hidden from her knowledge. Three? Mm -hmm. You're really rolling through this episode yeah i'm trying to kind of like not necessarily feel like i need to like try to like cram back uh, almost that was okay like, yeah we'll discuss excited. after spike who is now neutered and unable to bite people decides to take refuge with the only people he knows the scoobies and is brought into their home where they tie him up and for the meantime kind of allow him to peaceably and jokingly exist among them four bring it on home many shumash warrior spirits come back to life and they launch an assault on giles's apartment where everybody is almost killed except for the fact they discover that the main guy can be killed by his own knife and he turns into a giant bear and Buffy stabs him with his own knife 
while the gang pats themselves on the back and decides to have a fun Thanksgiving dinner, and Xander spills the bean that Angel was there the whole time. Five. That's it. Those are them. You got it all. I feel like there wasn't really a whole lot left out there. Yeah, no, I think it was all said. It was all said. I think that last sentence might have been two. But you know what? If you go through a lot of those five sentences, many of them are many sentences. That's the thing about sentences. Really, if you are talking about the sort of way that language functions, a sentence can be made up of smaller sentences. True. And a run-on sentence. You can't spell run-on sentence without sentence. That's Exactly. So, you know, how people, there's that famous saying, a square is also a square. That's true. Yep. That is true. <laughs> so, yeah, here's an episode. It's a Thanksgiving special. Yeah. So uh, I had a bunch of material sort of prepared uh, for this discussion of the episode in terms of the history of Thanksgiving, um, sort of like colonial culture and like Shumash tribe stuff. But I wanted to get a little bit more before we dive into it. So I almost want to do like a Pang special, maybe closer to Thanksgiving mm-hmm. once it's all together, because I was like, there's a lot to discuss about <laughs> In terms of, like, uh, maybe stuff this episode sort of got wrong. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, weird. And also Thanksgiving is a really interesting holiday in its history and the way that we sort of have culturally um, visualized it mm-hmm. and sort of the way that we discuss it. I mean, by its origin, it's sort of a weird thing to say anyway. And also we don't eat fish during Thanksgiving, but, like, we should. It's, yeah. like, one of those interesting things. But I didn't want to just do, like, a tease and just, like, you know, half-foot it. So uh, we'll probably do, like, a paying special closer to Thanksgiving time. Sure. I mean, you know, say as much as you want now, too. It's, I think here, there'll be a, a hefty we share, are. some Costco yeah. samples sprinkled throughout. Exactly. Uh, but let's just go ahead and let's let's start on a very positive note. Xander's looking pretty good. He is healthy. That construction work is doing him well. He's spending time in the sun. Yeah, he's Got a pretty positive thing going with Anya. Yeah, she seems she's very supportive. Anya's in. Yeah, very she's supportive down to just, of him. She wants to dig. Yep. And then uh, it turns out that they didn't do any survey work <laughs> where they were where they were digging because they he falls they just fall right through just uh, as if it was a thin sheet of ice. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like a, like a little bit of dirt ice. Yeah, that was a little odd. They're like, oh, it happens that a mission was buried here, but then what's the, what's holding up the ground? Have you had a lot of experience with the, that's, that's a good question. Have you had a lot of experience with missions in California? I have not. Well, I gotta take you to some. Okay. There's like a whole thing. Like you go oh, up and down really? the mission route. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. No, I didn't. I have not done that. Yeah. Well, well one little thing I'll sprinkle in. This isn't specifically Thanksgiving or Thanksgiving. Uh, related, but uh, Father Hinipera Serra in California. If you're in California, you've, you've may have heard the name. If you're in uh, Northern California, there's a giant statue of Father Hinipera Serra. Mm-hmm. Kind of a douche. Kind of a total douche. Yeah. <laughs> kind of a, a terrible person. That's, so the, that's horrible. The missions are really interesting in that way um, where it's beautiful and it's part of California culture. And as an adult, I can take in the complexity of my home state, like mm. our history. And I had to acknowledge, like, yeah, this is something that's gorgeous and serene and quiet. And for me, especially I used to go there to a lot of the missions as a kid, uh, San Juan Batista specifically, it's these places that I regard as, you know, a lot of value and very beautiful. At the same time, I'm just like, yeah, and then some bad stuff was done to the native cultures <laughs> that were kind of forced to, like, attend school there and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, Sound like the story of America. It is the story of America. Here's something that I... Okay, I know that we want to talk about the episode, but I feel like we're going to do a lot of, like, here's a beat from the episode and then swerve into the discussion of American culture, which is pretty much what Pangs is all about for me. Um, yeah, something I found very, very interesting is, and I've been thinking about this a lot, I've heard a lot of people say... This idea, you know, like the Trump, like, make America great again. Or, like, let's go back to, like, our roots. Like, mm-hmm. where are morals? Like, the 1950s was a good time period. And then people are like, it wasn't good for, like, you know, my specific upbringing or my culture or my social class. And that's a whole discussion there. It's interesting to me, though, in, in the United States of America, we don't talk a lot about, right, especially right now, we don't talk a lot about going forward. 
Right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. A lot of that rhetoric is, like, remember back in the day, and it's like, if there's something you liked from the 1920s or the 40s or the 1800s or whatever, in California, we can't really go back too far before 1850, because then it's just Mexican culture. Uh, and then before that, it was native culture. But if there's stuff that you like, just you take it forward with you into the future. Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't think the, the past and the future are exclusive. Right. It's like people who have rockabilly night. Yeah, and it's not like we had to throw. It's just like that's the that's what we, that's the music we're playing now, right? Mm-hmm. Like we're playing rock. It's not like we can only play rockabilly in a in a historical context, right? Uh, you know, like yeah, yeah. You can take the f- happy parts of culture and just apply them to now. I completely agree. Yeah. Like this whole like, God, we got to go back to the way it was. I'm just like, why don't we just don't? That seems like because there were problems back then. So why don't we just do what was good mm-hmm. and then just. Do that. Like burgers and shakes. Burgers and shakes. Sure. I love burgers and shakes. And if we found out that there's a slightly healthier way to cook a burger that doesn't involve changing the flavor, per se. Or the slaughter of a innocent animal. Right, exactly. Especially for all the Netflix viewers yeah. <laughs> right now. Uh, yeah. Imagine if that... Like, and just, we can do that, mm-hmm. you know? We yeah. can do that. So that's something that I... Yeah, I don't know. I feel like that I've noticed it a lot. Because yeah. also, like, there's, like, this stuff of, like, like vegan... this kind of ties more into like the willow stuff and thanksgiving yeah like there's a lot of like vegan and gluten-free stuff that's popping up right now and people are just like oh this is so dumb i'm like if it doesn't affect you a whole lot then i don't know how why you should be so upset that your milkshake can also just be vegan unless you specifically needed i don't know vitamin d or you know there are some people i feel like are a little bit too upset by the ways of others yes and that's on a – that's a very broad statement, but it's about a lot of different things. Yeah. On the horrible restrictive side of things, it's like keeping rights from people. Mm-hmm. On the casual side of things, it's like taking frustration based on what someone else is doing with their life. And I think that those complaints are – not really that productive. Like sometimes I'll – a very minute – Example is I feel like there's a lot of people who try to police what people are putting on their pizzas. Like I saw someone say, <laughs> "You mean the pineapple debacle?" Yes, the, pine- the yes. pineapple debacle. The pine like pineapple doesn't go on pizza, and it's like, live your life. Yeah. Why are you policing intake? I agree. Don't you be free? If, if you could you, put yeah. you could put sand on a pizza if you want. If that's what if that's what you would like. Yeah. The Little Rascals put sand between bread. They called it a sandwich. (laughs) It's from the film. Not making it up. Look it up. Look it up. (laughs) It's real. But yeah, so I think that that, when it comes to the gluten-free discussion, I understand when people get uh, frustrated if it seems as though someone is trying to design themselves too much with it in the sense of like, I want this to be so known if there's any discussion of oh, meat, obnoxious I'm going is to obnoxious, be, no matter yeah, what. Like exactly. if someone can't, if someone is lactose intolerant, and I've got several members of my family that are lactose intolerant, and they're just like, oh, I can't have this because it's got lactose. It's A, a good point. B, <laughs> true. C, kind of obnoxious the way they're delivering it. Right. A, B, C, all true. All operating, right? Like I can, I can be annoyed at someone for being right because of how they're saying the thing, and that doesn't negate. I don't have to lump that together and be like, actually, you're not lactose intolerant. They are. That's biologically yeah. true. That's what their body does. And the way they're saying it, for whatever reason, this is a made-up example. No one's ever been in my face being like, actually, I'm lactose intolerant, and then just high fives everyone running around like a, <laughs> like, <laughs> like Flash from Spider-Man or something. But uh, I. But yeah, that's how I would. If someone can be obnoxious and be right, yeah, the total. That's totally. I feel like that happens a lot right now in politics, where people are just like, you know, I would have. It would have been easier to agree with your political stance if you weren't so obnoxious. I don't agree with that at all. Uh, if someone has a correct political stance on something, or has like a mm-hmm. sound political stance on something, even if they're being super obnoxious about it, that's true. They're just being obnoxious about it. Right. And in this example. It's interesting. This episode is so interesting in the sense that... Yeah, how did we get into the... How did we get some, here in the discussion? I think we started about food and cultural I think it spiraled out something, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, but, so, in terms of this being the episode that Angel comes on for, so yeah. Doyle has the vision, and yep. an Angel has to go help. And that's from the previous 
episode. The last moment we saw was Doyle has his bachelor party. He gets a vision. Angel's like, oh, my God, I got to go to Sunnydale. It's a little random that this is the... I mean, I guess every single life and death instance is important. But for the very first episode that they have Angel cross over onto is technically Pangs. (laughs) It's a a comedy episode in which... And Angel doesn't really do a lot, to, if I'm being honest. He essentially just kind of prompts her discovery that he came. Right. Uh, and while he's there, he's like, Buffy's in great danger. But it's not like one of those, like, Zeppo apocalypse, the Hellmouth is opening type things. And there are instances where the stakes are higher in terms of the danger she's facing. It's not like, oh my god, her roommate is a demon. I feel like that might even herald a little bit more... Of a reason for Doyle to have had the vision? Yeah, because also, like, the, did the, okay, let's just put this into context. And by the way, just so you know, this splish splashing in the back, we're hosting a turtle named Xander. Yes. In the library this yes, week. Yes, we are. Uh, and he might come down with us to the Central Library next week as well, depending on our <laughs> recording schedule. Um, <laughs> the powers that be foresaw or caused the Shumash tribe to be disturbed from their sort of resting place? Well, I don't know if they are causing it. They're sending Doyle the visions. Visions, got it. So the powers that be just are, there's a lot of information going on, and they're just shooting a floppy disk of visions into Doyle's head. Exactly. And I don't believe that the rhyme or reason is ever truly guided or explained. Got it, got it. It's just kind of a story device. It's just a thing that happens. Sure. And so in this case, okay, sure, this is the one that he comes on for. And so it's a little strange. There's some fun interactions, though Angel, who is usually a very serious figure, is in the middle of this absurd episode. Uh, And I think that the main memorable thing of this episode is Spike in the chair. Yeah. And Spike's little speech. But also, I think that the weirdest thing is that the episode's actually rather offensive. Am I wrong? yeah, Yeah, I would... I mean, I... There's moments where I feel uneasy <laughs> about stuff that happens. I would ask, you know what? I'm gonna ask a question. I have to. I have to make sure I I pin this. I fridge mm-hmm. magnet to the front of my brain. Yeah. I'm gonna ask you a question once we're done discussing sort of the problematic aspects of this episode. Okay. Um. So let's get. So they disturb. I believe what is a resting place of a Shumash spirit. Yes. Or the spirit of. Okay. So right I think was, the, I think he was already. Trapped. It was kind of like a ghost situation. So the okay, guy got it. Already, I feel like we've gotten into touchy territory. <laughs> yes. That they were like, when they were sitting around the table saying, what are we going to do for Thanksgiving? And this is Jane Espenson's episode. Yeah. So I'm assuming it was her idea. Yeah. It, it could have it, it been Joss's. So it could have been anyone's. It's hard to tell. She was at yeah. least assigned the episode. And the comedy and the lines and the dialogue of many moments of it are very strong. Are sharp. Sham yams. <laughs> yeah. Yam sham? Yeah, it's Come a yam sham. It's a sham with yams. It's a yam sham. How can you beat that? That's great. Yeah, it's great. Or like her impassioned speech, and then she turns over, and uh, or she's like, we have to do this, this, and then, and then you know, set the brandy for around 20 yeah, yeah, So, uh, yeah. The Willow versus Buffy, like, okay, so Willow raised to have her perspective on, yeah. you know, Thanksgiving is not something to be celebrated. Buffy where it's just like, I don't even think about it that way. I just think about getting together with my family. Yeah. Which is, I think, what a lot of people kind of experience, perhaps, that it's like Thanksgiving has become more so just a scheduled time to have a meal with your family in the year. Right. Sure. Right? I I mean, at this point for me, I remember it used to be – and almost really, it was like it was like a holiday in with it, my family. It's yeah, it's like a it felt like a holy day. You you did not sleep in, like everyone had their tasks. The house had to be clean. You know, it was like, you know, it was like the goy version of like Shabbat almost. Like we yeah. really had to have everything yeah. together, uh, and everything had to be great, like prepared. Uh, you know, my parents make you know British roasts, so those had to be read, you know, yeah. done over a long period of time. And then over the years, probably after I graduated from college, and then it was a thing where, like, maybe I missed one. And then maybe my middle brother was working in another state because he was working for the national parks and stuff. He couldn't make it, right? Mm-hmm. My youngest brother, maybe he was going to his girlfriend's place or something. So I think over a little while, then it became the thing of, like, people were probably in the kitchen by 1 p.m. We have a few beers open. 
we're making dinner together. We have dinner together. Maybe we have some friends over. Compared to how it was before, it was like, everyone's up at eight. Like, it is just, you know, firing all cylinders. Everyone's clean. We dress in the nines for dinner. That kind of thing. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. My, I have, I think I've always been at every single Thanksgiving. We always have it in my grandparents' house. And you fly home, right? Yeah. I well, fly so you home. have a multi generational family in yeah. the United States of America. Right. Whereas in, in my house, it's just my folks. Okay. In terms okay. of, you know. Yeah, I've got my grandparents. They're the first ones that came over from Albania. And I have it with my Albanian side of the family. Right, right. Um, I never had it with my dad's side of the family. It was like you kind of divvied up whose holiday was which. And Thanksgiving was always at Nana and Bobby's house. Bobby is, uh, his name's not Bobby, it's B-A-B-I. Uh, it's Albanian for grandfather. Uh, he's like since Bobby. passed. Yeah. yeah. So it just became the, it was almost like it became the more family-driven holiday than Christmas as time went on. Sure, I can see Just that. Just because it was like Christmas kind of dissipated and it felt like Christmas was so rooted in presents. Pre- just like <laughs> Santa and presents yeah. and like the childhood belief whereas Thanksgiving, the truth of Thanksgiving never changed. Feel free to sue me on this but I'm going to say Christmas, for me not as enjoyable as Thanksgiving. Because Thanksgiving, to me, I mean, there's the stress of, like, cook. cooking's not stressful for me, though. I love cooking. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm going to pitch you my pitch for Thanksgiving yeah. going forward in a second. But, I, you know, I'm in charge of pecan pie. Uh, and, and now, at this point, I'm making dessert. I'm drinking Sam Adams, like, the Harvest Collection. Yeah. You know? The weather's a little cooler, especially moving to L.A. Like, you just pray for that. The day after Halloween, it finally breaks. And you're like, thank God it was 100 degrees at Halloween. It's finally cooled down to 70 or something now. Uh, And it's just, it's one day. Maybe you have to rush to get some groceries and stuff like that. I like to do a little bit of volunteering or charity work the day before, Mm -hmm. maybe the morning of. You put on some sports. You know, you're with your family. You take it easy. And the next day, you have leftovers. There's not all this racing around, making sure everyone's taken care of, everyone's got gifts, there's no wrapping involved. You know, like, cooking for me is very fun and therapeutic. If the adult whole day is cooking, that's great. I would say, if there was a Nightmare Before Christmas, mm-hmm. where Jack Skellington specifically, yeah. wandered into the turkey door, different film. Yeah. No conflict. You go from Halloween to Thanksgiving... It's just savory. Mm-hmm. Thanksgiving is just savory Halloween. I'm going to say that. I haven't pitched my version of Thanksgiving yet, but I'm telling you guys the truth. <laughs> I believe it. I'm in. <laughs> but I... so you guys, so you have the whole family. You have your Albanian family. Mm-hmm. You guys get together. We get together. What's the spread? The spread is <laughs> I feel like we're like standard. a weird 90s, like Larry King interview for each other. Yeah, pretty um, somewhat standard Americana, though we don't have mashed potatoes, we have rice. We That's have sure. um, lacroix, which is a Albanian like. How do I say this? It's like not, it's not pizza. The... It's like a cheese, like like dough, egg, leek thing, kind the of quiche-ish. quiche-ish. It's it's quiche-ish. Like it's a quiche-ish. It's in that pie, like more. Of a I'm pie not great at describing many things. <laughs> foods and what they're made of of that your pitch for ratatouille was really just <laughs> he makes the food which food it's the get just it's the food and he had it when he was a kid <laughs> yeah and it's old <laughs> but yeah so we have variations on stuffing and stuff like that and you know some uh often uh sweet potatoes with some God, yes. marshmallows baked into them oh man that sounds yeah. great no, it's always awesome. It's always a great time. And everybody just eats and gets way too full and then just lays there and watches a movie. See, that to me is just, if you, like, that's, it's the best parts for me of Christmas. Aside from, I don't want to get, this might be personal because people feel, you know, specifically about religion and stuff like that. Yeah. I love going to church around Christmas time. Yeah. Uh, especially, I mean, we talked about the mission stuff you yeah. know, a little bit earlier. And I'm not, my family, it's oddly enough, 
my brothers and I, I feel like we were essentially raised Christian because my mom went through the Catholic school system and both of my parents are British, mm-hmm. which essentially makes them <laughs> within the Christian umbrella on just a day-to-day basis. Yeah. Uh, and we, my parents took us to church around Christmas time. So for me, it's, I have, around Christmas, I have to go listen to a choir, you know, like mm-hmm. I have to kind of go do that. Yeah. Uh, I love lighting like a candle and going to like, you know, a mass and stuff like that. Um, so aside from that stuff, all the domestic everything, it's a lot of hassle and then cooking and relaxing finally at the end. And it feels like you just fought like five different beasts and then you get to rest. Thanksgiving is just, you wake up and you do it. And I love that. My pitch for Thanksgiving to you and to to everyone out there is, and this is going to tie us back into the episode, although we'll take a really quick break before that because it's so hot right now in Los Angeles. We are cooking. I'm not looking forward to Comic-Con. I think that the bay will be kind to us. I hope so. There was one day last year, I forget if it was Friday or Saturday, but it was just, there was no air, like it didn't move. And I was like, no! I'm really hoping. It moves. I think it will. I hope the earth turns. Just let us not die outside at Comic-Con. That would be great. The bay, I believe that the bay is forgiving. You believe in the bay? Mm -hmm. The forgiveness of the bay? Yeah. The San Diego Bay. Is that what it's called? Uh, I mean, if there's a bay, the bay in San Diego, yeah. I would. I think it's more of a, I think it's a harbor. I think it's referred to, oh, actually, that's it's a good question. It's a bay. It's a bay, yeah, yeah. so it's a bay. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course it's a bay. I just didn't, yeah. Anyhow. It's, it's bay. My, it's, it's bay. <laughs> my pitch for uh, Thanksgiving going forward, or for us to think about it, or at least, like, we keep saying, like, it's like this American holiday, and I know, it's, and it's true, that's true. But the way that people kind of form that in their heads and what that means is that it's sort of like this like pilgrimy thing. And I feel mm-hmm. like so much of that is fictitious and made up from the 1960s anyway, from yeah. like different magazines and just random heads of education. That uh, really for me, it is Thanksgiving is arguably the most American holiday, save for Halloween. Right. Because it to me feels like a day of tradition. But not specifically pilgrims dressed in garb that wasn't even pilgrim garb. Yeah. Not even how they dressed at the time. To me, it's not that. To me, it's your personal tradition, Mm -hmm. your family's tradition. And if I went to your Thanksgiving, I wouldn't expect it to be this, like, America, America, you know, like, this is how America, Thanksgiving happens. You can't move out of that. Mm -hmm. What I love is, like, for my folks, Thanksgiving is a huge deal. They're British. Yeah. They're British you know they're both British, so we do roast because it's imp- it's important for them to at least once a year do British roast. You know, and they get so much out of that, and the holiday rings so true because of that. Like you're Albanian side of the family, right? You yeah. get together and have uh, food. So I just yeah. love the idea that it's Thanksgiving in general tradition. And tradition. I love you know tradition around a table with each other. Exactly, and it's about appreciating what you have and about not. You're not buying presents. You're not going around. No. It's a day that people travel for, but it's a day that doesn't really bring into in terms of what I think Thanksgiving is. Yeah. Not the baggage of the like what it might mean to um everyone. Right. But and the same goes with Christmas or Halloween or anything. It's like to me that's what it's boiled down to. Whereas Christmas and I mean I can only really speak to my own experience but for Christmas there's so there's so much just hoopla and build up yeah. and everything surrounding it that even though you just kind of got to relax and love it and be cool with it that it just seems like more stress comes out of Christmas than is necessary yeah. and that that does not exist around Thanksgiving I, I, I also think that and we'll talk with, about this when we get to more Christmas episodes and stuff but like I also feel like so much of the pressure of Christmas is avoidable yeah. Is avoidable, and there's different ways we can avoid it, which we'll discuss at those times. Exactly. But I love, yeah. But this episode, I mean, it's like Buffy, Buffy has a strange life where, and they all kind of, uh, the whole gang does, because it's like, the, the Buffy is a show about a family, and that they're about a family that came together through being schoolmates, but then ultimately had such a higher calling together with yes. fighting demons that none of them really felt super at home in their families. Like yeah. Buffy and Joyce have a good relationship, but at the same time, whether it was a writing choice or whatever it was, you kind of got to analyze the, 
the truth on the table, and that's that Joyce was not at this Thanksgiving. Yeah. And it's not... Did it get mentioned in the episode? She goes to, like, her aunts or something? Yeah, it's, like, a thing, and then it, that's what sets Buffy off. Okay. That Buffy is, like, I don't have a place to go for Thanksgiving. Yeah. Giles is down to just support Buffy in whatever way mm-hmm. he can. And I think that right now they're all feeling a little off. Right. Well, also, they're in college. They're in college. Yeah. Their dynamic is shifting. Willow just lost Oz, yep. like, I think the two episodes ago. Mm-hmm. And so, and then Xander's getting this new relationship, but it's with someone that kind of puts them all on edge because Anya wasn't someone that they're friends with. No. And she wasn't someone that they really trust. And they know that she was a demon and they're not, you know, they've had many different kinds of friends who have been demons or vampires or werewolves. So, but Anya kind of makes them all be like, well, now there's this person in our personal bubble that we don't know that well. Yeah. And so it is that return to tradition. Of yeah. what it means for the Scoobies. Yeah, you know? it's like bringing home a significant other on Thanksgiving. Xander's bringing on you. Yeah. yeah. And that's a huge... And However, what I like about tradition uh, is that it's not clinging on to history, right? Yeah. And not letting they move on. It's just the stuff that we take with us from generation to generation. Like the that, stuff that we yeah. take with us from year to year. And so, yeah, it is interesting because Anya's new introduction to what the Scoobies might come to call the traditional Scooby family. Yeah. Pot, you know, absolutely. So. This is the, around that table. That's the new gang. Yeah. And I loved, and Spike's kind of like the old, uh, crotchety uncle. Ex- yeah. It's so true. That says, that's that exactly says who he is yeah. in this episode. That's so true. And we're going to discuss Spike's perspective in just a second. We're going to take a quick little break to bring you a special message not a sponsorship message because we're not sponsored. It's just a little announcement that we're going to use to segue to turn on the AC for a few minutes so we can cool down and do the second half of this session. Yes, we're dying. We'll be right back. Hey, everyone. Quick little announcement while we are cooling off before we get back into the session. We are going to be at, you can probably guess it, Comic-Con. (laughs) Comic-Con. We were just chatting about it. We are going to be down in San Diego for the weekend. When does this officially start? Like what? It begins Wednesday. Okay, that's the 22nd, I would assume. No, earlier than that. I think the 19th. It's the 19th. So we're going to be in San Diego from the 19th to the 23rd. Yes. Which is the Sunday. So uh, we'll be running around doing a whole bunch of stuff. We have a few cool announcements that we can share right now, right? For example, we're going to have some library cards. Yes. If you can find us, which will be very easy because we will make ourselves available. Uh, We have library. We will have library cards on our person. If you'd like a library card to put your little picture on and... uh, and make your own little Sunnydale library card. We'll also have another group of goodies for you. We're going to have some stickers with us as well. Our first ever stickers. Our first ever sticker sesh. I'm excited. I am so, this oh is God. great. Because, yeah. Stickers, you can stick them on stuff. You can put them on stuff. On a laptop if you own it. Yep. Uh, on a, a binder. On, mm-hmm. on the inside of a bathroom. Oh, yeah. You can definitely, I mean, if, you know, don't vandalize, but if that's the aesthetic. Oh, right, 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 right. You know, or if you own a house and it's your bathroom and you would like to put a Sunnydale study group sticker into the bathroom. Yeah, you can do it there. Please. Mm-hmm. Please, absolutely. Or vandalize. You know, that's how the word, <laughs> that's how messages are spread. Just kidding. Sunnydale study group does not endorse vandalization. So come find us down in San Diego for the weekend of Comic-Con. We'll be all around. We'll be tweeting our locations uh, wherever we are separately or together. And we'll also be doing some recording. So we would love to interview you, ask you a few questions. We'll just do it easily on our smartphones. It'll be super quick. And, uh, and then we'll have a special Comic-Con special right afterwards. Yes, please. And so, you know, we, us, Hellmouthy, Buffering the Vampire Slayer, Weedonopolis, we're all, you know, trying to connect with each other and meet each other and just do everything we can to have the Buffy and Angel fandom just remain a thriving community even though our shows are off the air we still have the comics and we still have these beautiful series that you can just watch and rewatch and rewatch again so we want to make sure that we know everybody in that community absolutely exactly so come and say hello and if you know of anybody else out there doing similar kinds of Buffy loving that we let are us know. let us know we want to meet them we'll be there all right. Do you think we're cooled off enough to continue the session? It could be cooler, but I'm down. Okay. You know what? It's like, uh, the life is now. Okay. The life is now? Yeah. All right. Let's head back into the library. Great. Thank you so much, Chris and Omar, for that announcement. Oh, that was, yeah. Good work, What guys. a great job, guys. Thank you, guys. That you know was... what? You've earned that You've earned that car's air conditioning. You get in yeah. there. Why don't you? Yeah. You guys go cool off now. <laughs> uh, we tell suddenly... us how it is. <laughs> Text us. It's already hot again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what happens when you live where we live. So, 
Let's talk about Spike. Let's let's get and into Spike's it. perspective in this episode, and then we can bridge out from there. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyhow, Spike is now in. Is it is it safe to say Spike's in the show? Can we say he's that he's in the credits? He's in the credits, right? He's in the credits. He's, I believe. Yeah. Let me double check in our compendium. Dusted. Spike is in the credits. So we can. I I feel like that allows us to say. Spike's in season four. Spike is a character on this show now for a while. Yeah. Yeah. So he's in it, and I, the the stuff at the table. The I, Spike years. The Spike years. Sorry, the Spike years have begun. I feel like uh, Xander was annoying boy for a long time. Great character. Very important for the dynamic of the show, especially for a show that revolves around Buffy. Mm-hmm. Now it's more of like weirdo couple. Yep. Right? Weirdo young adult couple that's not just a high school fling. They're the first serious relationship out of high school. You're talking uh, Zanya? Well, yeah, Zanya. Zanya. Mm-hmm. No. Uh, so they're, I feel like they're the they're the couple now, which is so funny because Xander was the single guy for the longest time. Right. And then with Cordelia, it was more like the guy dating the hot girl. It wasn't even really mm-hmm. relationship stuff, much to uh, Cordelia's surprise. That's right. kind of more of what it was. And then, but now he's relationship guy. He's relationship guy, and Willow, for the first time in forever, is single. Yeah. And then Buffy, who's always had a pretty tumultuous lifestyle, is possibly on a Titanic-level crash course with a really, really lame love interest. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. That's insensitive about the Titanic. I'm sorry. Um, the Anyway, I won't get too into that. I'm trying, guys. I'm trying I'm trying this time with Riley. I'm You're trying. on the Riley watch right now, right? I'm on Riley watch. With Riley factor? Yeah, I try not to shudder at him. And that's kind of mean to say. Mark Blucas seems like a very kind man. I feel like he is could be in real life a Captain America. Total Captain you know? America. You know what? There's a lot of Cap vibes going on with you know? Riley. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like that was probably it. Like, what if she dated a Captain America type? But, but this is before Chris Evans slash Joss's yeah. reinvention. Of what that is. Yeah. But what if she dated a cool, like, Indiana Jones type? Right. As opposed to, like, you know, we don't want to get into it too much. I don't I, – I, we haven't really gotten into <laughs> that area yet. It's kind of been danced around. Sure. Obviously, it's just – it's it's nothing but inevitable. But we have Spike. Yes. And Spike is, like you said, sort of cranky at this point because he can't – bite anyone yeah. without getting hurt in his brain he's sort of cranky uncle spike cranky uncle spike at, especially in this context but he's like you know uh he's saying and so his whole stance on this thing is groups conquer other groups yeah that's what he's saying in, his, at the, the dinner soulless table. vampire says that <laughs> right right which makes a lot of sense and you kind of remarked earlier when we were uh uh setting up the mic and stuff for this it's also a very for Spike to take this very British sort of, mm-hmm. <laughs> you yeah. know, approach. It's an imperialistic attitude. Yeah. So it's it's something that I like about this episode. I don't agree with it, but it's something that I oddly enough like. I remember when I first watched this episode again on my tiny little flip screen DVD player that I had to cool down the battery pack with peas. Uh, it's something that I was like, oh my God, that's a very, just saying, just having that in this group of friends is a very funny stance to have, in my opinion. Because mm-hmm. it's almost like what would maybe seem to be the dominant argument in recent history, recent history being the last, I don't know, 200 years or whatever. It's just like, well, if you weren't strong enough, too bad. But he's tied up in a chair and then gets shot in the chest and instantly he's like, hey, 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 let's cool it down a bit, you know? Yeah. <laughs> instantly wants to not... Have be to conquered. be conquered. Yes. Yeah, doesn't want to be conquered. That's and so I, I just love that back-to-back moment because it is for a second a breath of non-collegey air, mm-hmm. where it's just like you know, actually, you know what? Life is hard, and if you can't stick with it, then too bad. And then boom, and he's like, I'm just, no, 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 yeah. no. <laughs> and so I think that that beat is so well done and so yeah. well. It's something that I remember from the entire library of moments of Buffy. Mm-hmm. It's like stands out to me. Yeah. Um, and Spike has become, he's their social foil now. It's like the, uh, Marsters has often said this, that Spike took the role of Cordy. I agree. That Cordy left and 
became her own character and that the person that was amongst their group that didn't really like them yeah but kind of couldn't walk away from them i there's yeah is there to be comedic but also to mock them and to be a thorn in their side but at the same time kind of participate it makes the group feel more whole than they did at the beginning of season four, in my opinion. Yes, definitely. A lot of people say that season four is kind of like they have to figure out where they're going because it's college and stuff. I disagree because I feel like that's part of the story. I don't think the show lost it in that regard at all because it's still so fun to watch and there's so many. Everyone's like, you know, season four is not great. I mean, I enjoy The Freshman. I think it's pretty good, you know, mm-hmm. intro to college. I like Fear Itself. I like the upcoming episode of Hush. Mm-hmm. They start to list off their favorite episodes, and they all seem to come from season four. <laughs> so <laughs> that's usually the conversation about season four. Yeah. Um, There's yeah. a few standout things that make it not feel as... I mean, it was... He was trying so much new stuff. Yeah. And there go- there's going to be some growing pains along the way. I it's agree. Like Sunnydale as a unit... Riley and his whole crew, Walsh, it's like there's all this new yeah. stuff. And it's a little hard to keep track of who's the big bad of the season at it the moment. It currently hasn't been Re- established. Yeah, exactly. It's there, secretly, somewhat. Yeah. But it's not Whereas present. season one, master. You know, like, I feel like we kind of, at the beginning of the seasons, we usually get a very clear sense, you know, like... Of what's coming. The mayor, and, like, we're going to focus least, on the mayor. Yeah. I've heard of the structure of the, the little bad and the big bad. Yes. That the little bad in season one is the anointed one, and the big bad is the master. Right. Season two, the little bad is Spike and Drew. So you're introduced through Spike and Drew, and you think they're going to be the big bad, but then the big bad is Angelus. Right. Season three, Mr. Trick kind of creeps in yep. as the little bad. But then, of course, the mayor. And then Faith kind of takes the place of the little bad. I would agree. In this season, it's arguable that the little bad has been subtly established, but not entirely. And we'll talk about that later as to not spoil it. Because we the can't big even bad, talk about it yet. And the big bad just full on has not been introduced yet. Which is kind of nutty for a season. It's a different kind of structure. Yeah. And then you've also got Angel where the structure of what you've come to expect from Buffy has been completely thrown out the window. Yeah. So everyone's just kind of feeling their way in the dark. I um, listened to a uh, breakdown of like a lot of the Marvel films. They were talking about how it was, and I'll see if I can find it so I can post it, but it talked about how they, um, let me think exactly how to phrase this, weaker villains in Marvel films are not a bad, or like not a weak choice or not like a mistake. It allows you to focus on Star-Lord. Mm-hmm. Or Cap, or Tony. Actually, I, I would say that I would say that Iron Man One is a very interesting villain story. So I would I would pull that out. But it allows you to focus on the hero, so you don't necessarily have to get distracted by what's the plan of the big bad in a Marvel film. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was interesting. Yeah, like having you know Red Skull be sort of straightforward. It's like he's he's, in the, he's a Nazi. You yeah. don't have to get to, but why? They don't go into that kind of stuff, yeah. and it's not directly emotionally related to Steve. It's not one of those. Yeah. Um, and I feel like that, and I, I was, I thought that was really cool. I thought it was really cool to be like, no, there's a reason for that. Yeah. Uh, and so this season allows us to focus on these characters and see their change, because mm-hmm. they don't have to stand in the face of a big bad yet. They don't have to do that. We get a Thanksgiving episode. Yeah. Yeah, and you don't. I feel like unless it's like in the flash, they're like, let's put everything on pause. We're not going to worry about this scary, multi-dimensional, faster than me creature. Mm-hmm. Let's just have a nice Thanksgiving. Oh, there's a little, you know, turkey, you know, condiment man popped into town. We got to fight condiment man or something like that. Sure. Which might have been a little more tasteful than what this episode chose to do. Yeah, so the condiment man of this episode. So, yeah, so it allows us to focus on the characters. Now, granted, in this specific episode's case, I feel like we came in a little hot on some villains we didn't need to. Because, And I'm just going to go ahead and say that here's how we can start that part, portion of the conversation. I don't disagree with what's kind of happening. I don't agree with the uh, uh, people getting killed. But when it get like will was like yeah but like they're kind of like right i'm like yeah 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 though but like, <laughs> like that's a pretty good point willow yeah um and it's a weird it's a very odd choice to have made it's like <laughs> now joss is a rather progressive man yes yeah and currently has 
even in interviews and stuff like that, as the conversation surrounding like the Wonder Woman leak and the Black Widow, like Widowgate and all that in the post Trump era has confronted that he he wishes that he had more representation on Buffy for women, for people of color. Absolutely, yeah. He wishes that he had. And he there's an interview. I won't speak for him, but if you want to go out there and look at it, you can. We'll post it. It's it's strange that they are fighting against Native Americans with shovels and it, whacking them in the head. Yeah, it's weird that the story then goes to them fighting them. That's yeah. what gets weird for me where it's like, and then it's not even a thing of just like, I don't feel like the completion of the the episode narrative brings us any closer no. to feeling okay about this horrible thing that happened in the past. Yeah. And that, like, <laughs> it ends with Willow, be, like, hitting him with the shovel, being like, why won't you die? Yeah. And it's like, okay, if you place this in a different context, it would be, there are many contexts in which people were wiped out mm-hmm. by a invading culture. Yeah. That and if you had their ghosts pop up. Yeah. And then you fight their ghosts and, and try to kill, kill the them? ghost. And then you're kind of making them out to be evil and also, vicious. Buffy doesn't. That's okay. Here's a big thing. And then I'll talk about the Buffy thing in a second. Here's a big thing, too, is like it's. It. I think one of the biggest bads of the episode, you know, if we're talking about that, is that it does reciprocate this like violent native stereotype yeah. that really wasn't a thing like that was like invented for like cowboy movies right. or propaganda to yeah. steal land there's this like case in zin's uh people's history if you have a chance it's a big book at least read the first two chapters if you can get your hands on it read it it's it's shorter than the harry potter books it's Go shorter it. than the harry potter books and it's also american the history text is smaller but it's bigger all the same and there's an audiobook read by his son so you okay. can because zin passed away zin he? passed away so yeah. it's read by his son and so you don't really have to. And there's a great, we've talked about it once or twice before on the podcast, but there's also just a great, in the introduction, Zinn kind of just says, look, this isn't to make you mad. This isn't to make you mad. It's to know what we did wrong in the past so we don't repeat it. And he's mm-hmm. like, you can feel bad for the victims of the past. There's nothing you can do about them. So being angry about this and wanting to go back, and like, I want to go punch Columbus in the face. Oh my and I'm God. using very soft language of what I would do to Christopher Columbus if I could travel through time. Oh my God. It's Columbus... Is is a villain. He was C Hitler. Yeah, he was C Hitler. He, he just was C Hitler. He was actually, and then he was Land Hitler when he got here. When he landed, he was Land Hitler. Yeah, he would test the sharpness of his blades on children. Children. Yeah, just chopping them into pieces. Uh, he also just one of the, and it's hard to, you know, if someone might come back and say like, "Well, do you approve?" And it's hard with historical stuff, you know, sort of that far back. There's accounts. Oh, in terms of that, yeah, but he apparently it was like, whoever finds land gets this much gold, and then one of his buddies was like, I see land, and he was like, actually, I saw it first, took that guy's gold. So even if you have a hard time sympathizing with people you don't relate to, within his own group, he was an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> he was a horrible human being. Um, but it's, so out of that, like, there's this uh, story in one of the first few chapters of that book about how when American or colonial law was being enforced, uh, uh, a native, uh, 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 someone from a native tribe, I think, killed someone else and then was being held for murder. And they're like, well, the, the penalty for this is we murder you. And they're like, well, considering it's our land, we'll enact our law. And this is that person has to actually make like a bead structure this like a foot long bead structure or whatever, and that's how we solve this stuff. We mm-hmm. don't kill each other. Yeah. And they're like, no, not good enough. And they're just like, well, too bad. That's how we. And so to hear stories about that, and then see native portrayal like this, is that to me is the most legitimately upsetting. Yeah. Where I'm just like, and then it's on Buffy because you're like, yeah, ah, no, Buffy, no. Like Buffy should have fought. It should have been. Here's here's a. Cause she slays vampires. Yeah. Here's a rewrite. Yeah. Someone like a Columbus, right, is the villain. Like the werewolf hunter guy yeah. from the spirit two. of someone who, if you want to do Thanksgiving Native American story, which you, I mean, it's Buffy. You could have an evil turkey running around. You could have anything. Yeah, yeah you can do anything. You chose this, which I think is strange. I wonder if there's any interviews out there where Jane and Joss have talked about this episode. 
Because under t- this would not come out. Today. I'll run it through commentary and I'll find out for either next week or a spe- or well, I'll mention it. Awesome. Chronologically, when we do this, I yeah. feel like the rewrite now for the episode is that you've got a Columbus type villain who is a maybe a character of history that had a positive connotation behind him, like a Jebediah Springfield type person. Oh, I see. Where you, that yeah. it turns out they discover was actually incredibly villainous and wiped out the native indigenous peoples, maybe and someone from a mission, who, and that's who they have to fight. That's and perhaps great. the descendants of the Shumash tribe actually Help become Buffy. friends with Buffy and that they team up to get rid of this demonic force. Or Oh, you know what? That's the episode. Here's I'm gonna I love this pitch. I it just it just this ran in my head, so I gotta share it. The weapon Buffy uses to fight that ghost mm-hmm. of this horrible person, mm-hmm. you know, whoever it be, this like, you know, Father Hennepinsara inspired yeah. spirit or something like that, is the Shumash knife. Yep. So you're not stabbing us also stabbing a bear. I just I feel like Yeah. You watch it and you're just like, I don't and then it's just like Angel's here. I was like, hold on, I don't even have mental capacity to feel anything or understand what's going. Can we talk about how you stabbed the bear of a spirit of someone who is here on land that you've taken and you acknowledge that you took from them that the mayor probably single handedly, yeah. you know, yeah. massacred. Oh boy. That's <laughs> it's it's weird. It's, when it's she, not a good look. It is not a good look and then it would be one thing if the Spike speech was the only bit because coming from a soulless person like Spike, it's like, okay, exactly. Spike's the soulless character. That's the perspective. That's the wrong perspective. Um, when she says the line about casinos. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. I almost feel like that's one of those things that you're like, like, do you know in Aladdin, the Aladdin edit? The Aladdin edit? At the beginning of Aladdin now, you cannot, unless you have the old VHS. That always tripped me up. I was at a Convoy show, and they were talking about how you don't hear that version where they cut off ears if they don't like your face. Yes, it's gone. But it's so weird to me because that's the version I know. It's the version I know. And so it was weird to me when they were just like... It's, when... where, it's, it's where it's big and immense and the heat is intense is now the only line you can find instead of that line. Really? Yeah. Is it with a cut off your ears? If they, they don't, don't like, like your face, face it's, it's barbaric, barbaric. But, but hey, it's home. Yeah. Right. Um, that line you cannot hear anymore. Got it. Um, sure. I mean, similarly, I understand that. Similarly, yeah. this, was a, this was another strange one that's been edited. I was at a Stonecutters recently that our friend, uh, guest of the podcast, Adam Murray, was hosting uh-huh. at Meltdown. And it was the episode where uh, Simpson, where Homer Simpson and Ned Flanders go and get wives in Vegas. And Homer's trying to figure out which to bet roulette on. Yeah. And he goes, okay, uh, in the original episode, he says, Oop, okay, so we've got April 20th, same as uh, is Bern- is Barney's birthday, same as Hitler's. And I always remember that because my birthday is April 20th, same as Hitler's, which is something that when I discovered that as a kid on Columbine, it was a very disturbing thing to learn. This is not the Simpsons joke. This is you, Chris Vermont. This is me in my life. Yeah. I was like, ugh, gross. This birthday that I've always loved my whole life is like, right. is Adolf Hitler's birthday? That's mm-hmm. awful. Mm-hmm. And then like in, in Columbine, that was the day that they did it and they did it because of that. So it was like I came in on my birthday and then a Columbine happened and it was this whole weird thing. And so I remember kids making fun of me for that and then I learned to kind of like realize that that has no bearing on who you are, who I am at right. all, and that ultimately that day, April twentieth, is celebrated for something else. Right, right. Four twenty, um, and they edited that out of a Simpsons episode too. Oh, really? Now he no longer says April twentieth, same as Hitler's. He says um, like May twelfth, same as Lassie's. Oh, so that's a pretty funny joke. So they've edited that down too. Got it. And then. I feel like with this one, the casinos line doesn't really give you anything. It just makes Buffy seem so... Not a great person. Like a bad person? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's an oddly, maybe very accurate character line, if that's what they're going for. It might be. But it's not heroic. I wouldn't describe it as heroic. No. It's also not like a funny line. It's not... It's a little hack. It's like every Bill Maher joke. Where yeah. he was just like, Asian people, nail salon. And I was like, how are you a comedian that gets paid? Why do I pay to do improv comedy and you get paid not to do comedy? <laughs> that, that doesn't seem right, Bill Maher. Oh, my God. But uh, anyway, I do believe that you know Jane and Joss are amazing 
people, and I bet that they would. I'm sure there's a reflection we'll have to, look into it, yeah. we should have done it before we did this. We didn't. <laughs> you know what? Let me check Dusted quick. Sure. While I talk about uh, other corrections I would mm-hmm. make in material, for example, in Harry Potter, every time they go, you did it, Harry, I feel like now they should ADR in where the group of people, including Neville, go, you did it, Hermione, because she's the one that does most of the work. Let's be completely honest about that. And then I think another one that I would include in Harry Potter is that's a good, anytime they compliment anything, it's that's a good sweater, that's it. That's Great. <laughs> uh, well, this is kind of strange. So, <laughs> apparently, Jada Espenson told The Eleventh Hour that she did more research for this episode than any TV show I've ever written. I drove to Santa Barbara, Omar's neck of the woods, yep, yep, yep. and did research on the Shumash Indians, is the term that's used mm-hmm. in the book. Everything in the episode is authentic, from the weapons to the language. Only the costumes are inauthentic, mostly due to budget. Where I believe they just kind of—I think they just went down to Party City for those costumes. I feel like put take the budget out of the hole that Xander falls through, and put it into the cost. Was this a no-budget episode? This really. But they paid David Boreanaz to come into a story <laughs> he didn't need to be in. Exactly. Take take Angel's cut. Oh take Angel's cut. God. And from now on, if you ever just remove something unnecessary to put money towards something necessary, that's called an Angel's cut. <laughs> and what you're doing is you're taking, you're just doing the thing that should be done anyway. I don't. But like, also, I disagree that everything is authentic except for the costumes. I feel like the characters are completely inauthentic. And I love Jane Estevenson. I'm not trying to attack. I just disagree with that description. And I was at, I don't know what driving to Santa Barbara research made its way into the episode. And then it says, Shuwash Indians. It's like, it, Already no, we, no. <laughs> it's, that's, it really, I, I think it goes, it's like, Chris Rock has a stand-up bit about, um, about, how in America, the um, the people that got it worst were the Native Americans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he he brought up the whole thing about like when was the last time you saw a family of Native Americans hanging out at Red Lobster? That's like his joke. Yeah. And I'm not gonna go in and be like I'm not gonna be Michael Scott like re- reciting Chris Rock. Right, here. right. But I think that what it kind of speaks to in specificity to this episode is it's it speaks to a greater cultural problem that it feels as though native peoples are ignored and allowed to be lampooned. I completely agree. And even in this year's fringe, there was a play in which there was a girl who dressed up in a very silly looking Wednesday Adams style native garb and it turned heads. Yeah. And so uh, finally, I believe that that's, I don't know if I have what my final sentence on that is because I don't, you know. But yes, it was the it's, of the entire series of Buffy. It feels like it's probably the most culturally insensitive thing they ever did. Yeah, and I would say every time someone's like, "This beer bad is the worst episode," or "Bad eggs is the worst episode," I'm always like, "I I think you're forgetting the one where Buffy kills Native American ghosts." <laughs> I think you're... It's this one. I hope you're forgetting. This is the one. I hope you're forgetting the element, because if you're like, no, it's my favorite episode, then it's a different discussion. (laughs) Yeah, I think it's this one because of that. This is the worst one. Because I don't understand why it happens. (laughs) I don't know why. She drove to Santa Barbara. She clearly did some research for it. Oh, God. It's, yeah, so... So there it is. That's our bell, which is at this point a fire alarm because it's so hot. <laughs> uh, and really, this is just, there's no other note to leave on. I don't want to be like, all right, let's wash it off with like, no, it really is. Uh, we'll still do our extracurricular, but there's no way to get around this in the episode of like, no. well, at least it hired. Like, I don't. It, nope. like, not even on that level. I, I can't. No. Yeah. Because it's also, anytime we have like native characters, it's always... In that context, it's never just like the guy yeah, even who owns Wonder a burger Woman. joint. Yeah, even in Wonder Woman. Yeah, I mean, I appreciated the the line that was given and the amount, the, or the amount of lines, and also sort of like the. I said it was a little bit more of a mature response, where it's like, "My land was taken by who? Men like him." 
Mm-hmm. And I thought that yeah. that oh sorry we should have given a little spoiler warning. I don't think that gives any too much away. We're okay, right? Yeah, I think we haven't done any damage I too think much. We're, okay. we're not no man's land yet. No, no, no. Um, yeah, I like I appre- I was like I was touched by that delivery. Yeah, and I was like, whoa! I didn't. That's ha-, and it wasn't like we should all now feel this way so we can be like, oh well, at least we addressed it. The fact that it wasn't really fully addressed, it was brought up, but it wasn't like you weren't allowed to feel good about it or mm-hmm. feel better about it was the part that I was like, that was cool. But yeah, it's not like it's just nowadays, like, you know, who's the new Falcon in Marvel Comics? It's a Native American character. Oh, is it because of... Nope. It just is. <laughs> it just is. Yeah. It just is. Doesn't have to be a whole, like, is it power... No, no, no. Please don't go into any offensive questioning. It just is. <laughs> That's just the character. So anyhow, we are in our extracurricular activity, which means we are going to make something up on the spot, inspired by this episode. We don't plan these ahead of time. On the air, right now, we are going to discuss it out loud, so there's not dead air. Uh, What do you think, Chris, we should do? Hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, before Thanksgiving, there's always the things I'm grateful for, right? We things could do I'm that. thankful for. We could have a we could have a Thanksgiving meal. We could also discuss what Angel got up to for the entire episode that apparently they paid David Boreanaz for <laughs> to have him in the credits. They gutted the costume budget and put it towards uh, him walking around in what right now we're experiencing to be very hot <laughs> Southern California. Yeah. So what do you think? Uh, our Thanksgiving or Angel's Thanksgiving? Let's do Angel's Thanksgiving. Angel Thanksgiving? Mm-hmm. All right, all right. Uh, and I would. I feel like he was mostly lurking outside the coffee shop, right? Mm-hmm. So let's just say he was at the coffee shop. All right, great. Hey, uh, what can I get you? Oh, uh, hey, um, uh, coffee. Cool. Black. Great. Uh, thank you. Uh, hey, um, do you sometimes... You don't sometimes see a, a girl that comes around here, maybe, you know, blonde hair, down her elbows. That's literally almost everyone in Sunnydale. Oh, right. Sorry, I've been out of town for a while. Are you okay? Uh, yeah, I just dunk it out a lot. All right. You seem very socially awkward for someone who's very handsome for television standards. Well, thank uh, well, well, you know, I, let's just say I work at night. Um, okay. Now, what I'm saying is, uh, Buffy. Do you, do you know her? Yeah, yeah, Buffy. Uh, friends of Willow? Yeah, fr- exactly. Yeah, they study here a lot. Great. Well, Willow studies here a lot. Uh, yeah, man, I can understand. That guy that she was talking to recently, he, is that like their study friend? or Who's that guy? Oh, no, he does not go to school. His name's Xander, and uh, he's sort of dropped out of high school, maybe. Maybe graduated. Oh, him. Uh, what I meant was the the tall one. You know, bull cut. Kind of, you know, seems like he's from the Midwest. Again, that's so many people in Sunnydale. <sighs> All right. Well, thanks. I mean, hey, it's a time to be thankful, right? Yeah. Where are you, uh, why aren't you... At a table somewhere, surrounded by, I don't know, turkey or tofurkey or cranberry sauce at the very least. Well, you know, my family's from Ireland. I, it's not really my tradition. I'm, uh, you know, more of a drink coffee alone kind of guy, you know? Oh, got it. Well, happy belated Samhain. <laughs> Thank you. What about you? Why aren't you, why you, why'd you get this shift? Uh, it's just I was assigned it and we just stay open. Uh, well, maybe we're... Having a little Thanksgiving of our own. No, I think I'm just at no. I'm I'm just at work. Okay. Okay. Right. Yeah. Here's your coffee. Uh, oh, thank you. Thank you. All right. Well, I'm I, I'm thankful for it. Okay. Great. That's yeah, that's fine. You don't have to. You you paid for it. You can just thank you. Oh, man. Oh. Well, uh, if, if you run into Buffy, could you? Never. What? Just don't tell her anything. Do you? Do, okay. I feel I I'm gonna call the cops. I'm gonna contact the cops. You're acting very suspicious. Oh, no, please don't call the You've cops. asked about this person several times I, by name, and then you asked about a guy that she was with. I don't feel comfortable. I'm, I'm oh, gonna, I'm calling the cops. Uh, uh, no, if you, you don't have to. Oh, God. oh great. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. And that was Angel's Thanksgiving. That's what Angel did during the episode. And then he just ran away. He just yeah. ran away from the coffee shop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That was my uh, best right then impression of David Boreanaz. I thought that was a perfect angel impersonation, to oh, be completely thanks. honest. Yeah, He's that was great. Awkward. 
shifty. Exactly. It felt very shifty, very just no idea what the next word is going to be. But emotionally, yeah. wants to know what the word's going to be. <laughs> So if you want to see more of Chris's performances, where can they find you, Chris? Oh, well, you can find me at your local coffee shops asking uh, people if they thought his David Boreanaz impression was accurate. No, you can't. You can't do that at all. You can find me as a Montioc on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube, and on uh, HyperRPG Twitch as a Montioc the Wizard, on uh, HyperQuest on Wednesdays at noon, and The Gauntlet on Thursdays at 6.30. I play with Robot Teammate, the musical improv group. You can find us on the Geek and Sundry Twitch at 9.30 p.m. now. That's uh, our new time slot with the late shift on uh, Fridays. You can find me with Omar and Sunnydale Study Group. And then uh, keep your eyes out for new information from Hamilton's L.A. Omar, yes. where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter at Omar Najam. I'm also putting up stuff at Two Broke Geeks. I'm running Nerdy Worm still, and it is going strong. And it's going great this week. Our assignment is Other Worlds, and so you just take your camera and you just do something up close, mess with the colors, mess with lighting, make the everyday look like a foreign planet. That's our assignment for this week, and we're just sharing and we're just making movies with each other. It's really fun. You can also find me with my improv team, Swimming Lessons. We perform at the Clubhouse every odd Friday, so the Mm. first and third Friday at 8 o'clock at the Clubhouse downstairs. Please swing on by. We'd love to have you. It's free. We have drinks free comedy really good teams super positive very fun and uh and we would love to host you guys and you can check out anything and everything sunnydale city related at ssg podcast again that's at ssg podcast or sunnydale city group on instagram and facebook and you can physically find us again like we announced during our cool break it's at san diego comic-con mm-hmm. so we'll be there Keep an eye on Twitter and Facebook. We'll be posting where we are at and where you can get stickers and uh, additional library cards if you'd like them. All right. Thank you so much for joining us for our discussion, our very heated, in many ways, discussion of Episode 8, Season 4, Pangs. We'd love to hear your opinions, so please tweet them at us. We will share them in the next session that we are recording. And we also to hear your thoughts and your shout-outs. So, guys, pack up your bags. Pack up your books. Pack up your bags. We'll see you next time.